0: I am recording. Okay. Uh, hi, everyone. Um, we are talking with Deanna Hins uh, with Sassy Girl Entrepreneur. Deanna and I, um, I feel like we met a, a few years ago, but never really had a chance to interact all that much, uh, ironically, in Youngstown where we met each other. Um, but now you're in Indiana?
1: Montana.
0: Montana. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking like, man, Indiana's pretty bad, but you decided to go even worse and choose Montana. No, I'm, I'm teasing. <laughs> to, to any, any folks that are from Montana, I apologize. Um, so, uh, but we were in Youngstown at the same point in time, uh, working with the same types of folks, had a lot of the same friends and, um, you went to Montana and I came back home to Pittsburgh and, uh, we're both kind of doing similar things, um, so uh, I was hoping to, to have a conversation with you about, you know, marketing and the marketing profession, the industry, um, how you got your start, et cetera. But if you wouldn't mind, if you could just start off by giving me your, your elevator pitch. Who are you? What do you do? How do you do it? Et cetera.
1: <laughs> so, well, I got into this industry by accident, honestly. I um, as a single mom. I was working corporate America and my boys at the time were, were young. They were, gosh, 18 months and three, but wow. by the time they were seven and 10, I made the decision to start an at-home business so that I can be more present in their lives. And it, it was difficult, but I started a company. I baked out of my home and used social media to actually promote my product. I had no idea what I was doing, Um, but actually got national recognition when I won Top Mom in Business by Startup Nation and Discover Card. And at that point, that's when people started asking, like, how did you do what you did? And I really had no idea. Fast forward for seven years, I met with people individually having coffee and just sharing everything I knew and all the pain that I went through as far as designing sites and logos and (laughs) rebranding and all that (laughs) fortress stuff.
0: <laughs> and, operative and, uh, word pain. <laughs> it,
1: it was it was painful. I'm not going to pretend and I tell people that it was not easy um but then ended up launching my company where I um I help others. I help mainly small business and entrepreneurs launch and grow their business and speak at, about it as well.
0: So So you said you started in in corporate America. What were you doing?
1: I was actually managing Verizon Wireless. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I love technology. I love. I've always loved the technology piece and figuring things out, and that probably cushioned a little of the pain.
0: Right. <laughs> did yeah, you Did me. you go to school for 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 marketing or business, or what's your what's your educational background look like?
1: So I graduated from YSU with a degree in psychology, and then minors okay. in biology and sociology. So that was really not on my agenda but i i debated on psychology or business both of my parents are business owners my family aunts and uncles like all everybody around me pretty much had owned their own business Mm -hmm. so the determining factor for me in going in psychology at that time which is kind of funny is that i didn't have to take public speaking
0: (laughs) okay (laughs) that is quite ironic
1: that's yeah. how I made my decision. Yeah. So, but what it kind of I thought like I was never using my degree, but right. I realize now when it comes to marketing how much that actually plays into a lot of it.
0: Well, you know, not just marketing, but also like from a few different aspects. So, um, deciding to be an entrepreneur. So essentially, you didn't go into business because maybe you were more introverted. You didn't want to do public speaking, and now. Uh, an entrepreneur, uh, whatever, for, and we'll get to this, but what forced you to become one for also forced you to become an extrovert. And ultimately, like how that psychology builds into not just running your own practice, but how you manage sales, how you manage clients, how you manage vendors and vendors of vendors, and all of that stuff. Like psychology is absolutely critical. Um, And having sort of that philosophical understanding of how psychology, sociology, all of that works is going to help you on the front end. Um, On top of the fact that communications is inherently psychology. How do you talk to people? How do you decide to talk to them? What tone? How are they going to be interpreted um, when you use a specific tone? So, yeah, so that's great. You're, you're able to put, put your degree to use. So anyone that's watching this, hopefully all of you are, um, you can go to school for something that is unrelated to business and still become, uh, a successful entrepreneur. And you may find that, you know, your, your degree has a lot of merit and practical utility.
1: Absolutely. So,
0: yeah, um, so you've got this psychology degree and you're, you're running your own business. What are, um, and we'll bounce around a lot.
1: by the Yeah, way. that's cool. Um, I'm good with that.
0: Okay. Yeah. I keep you on your toes. No. Um, <laughs> um, how would you say you use um, your psychology uh, understanding to work with your clients?
1: Well, I think a lot of the things that you mentioned are absolutely accurate the emotional intelligence that goes with with psychology and talking to your clients definitely comes into play um but it's also understanding their brand and their message because when you are in marketing and you meet with a new client they know the ins and out of their business and a lot of times they make the assumption that you know everything that they know about their business and how to market it mm-hmm. and what they're thinking and so you have to be able to ask the right questions to kind of pull all that information out because what's in their head may be totally different than what you're thinking. So I think the biggest factor when I'm talking to, to my clients is just being able to really draw cr- draw that out and duplicate their vision or make it better than what they have already. Because that's mm-hmm. a challenge, especially in the beginning. You know, You, you can be on two totally different pages say the same thing and come up with two very different looking strategies.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm glad you mentioned that because when um, when I first take on a client, depending on who they are, so we'll, we'll use the context of the small businesses, the small business environment and taking on like a, a restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I like doing is, I like walking into a situation, an introductory situation, completely ignorant, like just flat out stupid and not knowing of anything about that client, how they do it, what they do, et cetera. Um, because the, the, this idea of a, a level playing field or a level uh, place of, of understanding where there's no understanding And then that grows and evolves, right? Um, I like this idea of knowing nothing and letting my observations be informed by the client and their worldview and what they say and what they do, but also how they take those things that they believe in and how they practice that in their business. So I like walking into a restaurant completely incognito or just really subtle, uh, not playing my presence up or anything like that. And just experiencing what the customer experiences. And Mm -hmm. if I have a great experience, awesome. If I don't, I I let the client know. Um, Because as you are likely well aware, they don't always know. Uh, (laughs) Right? Yeah, they don't always know. And in fact, I would maybe go as far as to say half the time they don't. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, coming from from that point of view is, is a lot of fun. Um, yeah. But it helps create that equivalent relational understanding of of who they are and what they do, and your objective perspective on them. And by the way, and I'm sure, uh, hopefully, you've got a uh, uh, better sort of bedside manner or delivery than I do, because sometimes I'll tell like my clients, like, "Yeah, I, you're not going to like this, but um, this yeah. is what I discovered," and you know. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. they, they aren't pissed about it.
1: Well, you know what? I think, and maybe my delivery is better than yours. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it probably is.
1: <laughs> but um no, I think when they get to a point where they're actually reaching out and they're hiring you, they know that they need help, they mm-hmm. know that they need guidance. So, I've been fortunate in the fact that they've been open to it. I think probably like maybe once or twice I've had somebody who was hard headed and kind of didn't want to hear what I had to say. And in that case, I'm not the right fit for them because right. it, it really does have to be a partnership. It It has to, you have to have that open communication. You have to listen to each other and understand each other. And if I'm saying something and giving my opinion or what I recognize, like you said, And I'm just met with, um, just defensiveness and, and the walls go up and you don't want to hear then I'm probably not the right person for you. You've got to trust me in what I see.
0: (laughs) Right. And you know, more to that point, like you may not be a good fit. Um, but that client may also not need marketing. Mm. You know, this is so much of what you and I do, especially if so, you know, entrepreneurship is in your blood. It wasn't in mine. Um, I did it out of this well, similar necessity to you in that I just had to get out of the corporate world. Yeah. Um, but my I don't I didn't have any templates or anyone to learn from. So like I made a shitload of mistakes. Uh well, I and, did like, too. Don't think I right, that right, problem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Right, but at least you had good parents that could guide you through like some of that, maybe a little bit. Um, but uh, nevertheless, um, this this intuitive understanding of when you're a good fit or when a client actually needs what you provide, um, you need to have that perspective um, because you could take you could take on low hanging fruit clients, which are always the first place you go when you're starting a business, it seems like, mm-hmm. you know, build, build up your capital on the pain in the ass clients and then elevate up until you can be selected. Um, and, uh, most of the time, those, those low hanging fruit clients, they don't actually need marketing. They, they don't need, let me reiterate. They don't need strategy.
1: Mm-hmm. They need,
0: they just, they just need producers.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, that's a good point.
0: Um, so can you talk about like some of, you know, cutting your teeth on some of the, and you don't have to name names, but like cutting your teeth on some of those problem clients and what you learned from it and how you move beyond them.
1: So, well, I do a number of things. I mean, we, I obviously social media is a big piece of it, but I do a lot in digital marketing as far as website design, um, email, automated email campaigns, SEO, things like that. Um, I would say the first time I took on a client for Google AdWords, it was kind of one of those things where, okay, I'm new, I get it, I understand it, don't really mm-hmm. grasp it, but yeah, you need Google AdWords, okay, I can do it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can do anything you want me to do, like I can make it happen, right? Mm-hmm. And um you you know I I got in there initially and I was so overwhelmed and it was like I should not have taken this on like I should have you know it was it was a lot so I right. had to kind of work through some a lot more time invested in really learning it and going through the training um, mistakes that I made you know and then. I try to be fair, so it's like, I'll set up my own so I'm not wasting their money, but then I'm using my money that when you're starting, you don't have any right. of them. <laughs> At least I didn't, I didn't have like this huge fund. So, you know, it's the it's trial and error that way. And you, sometimes you, you eat what you spend, like it's mm-hmm. just like, this was my mistake and I own it and I'm gonna eat it and, but I think, I think taking on things that I really didn't know initially trying to be everything to everybody was right. was the challenge and this one i'm thinking of this one particular client who was a lot nicer to me than he needed to be <laughs> because i probably would have been furious but he was so like oh no it's okay like i, I understand at first i tried to fake the funk. like i know i got this like I, mm-hmm. I know how to do that and then then i realized i was in over my head And things didn't work in the first two months the way I had hoped that they would work and, um, just kind of had to come clean, but he was super cool and we worked through it. But that time period, it was Mm -hmm. exhausting and embarrassing.
0: (laughs) Well, good on him for, for keeping an open mind and, and valuing, uh, what you do through those sort of problem spots. Um, you know, it's probably also that he got you for relatively cheap.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. If he was spending a big ticket, he probably would have been upset. Right.
0: Yeah. The, 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 the cheaper you are, the more problems they can sort of sustain. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been, I've, I've been there. And fortunately I've had some, some clients that that were very uh, similar in that respect. And uh, I don't know if, if that gentleman is still a client or not, but the, the clients that I had that were kind to me in the beginning, I made an attempt to keep them around as long as possible, not just because it affected my bottom line, but honestly, I would give them better pricing. Um, cause yeah. I would know how to work with them and, uh, relationships like that can really pay dividends.
1: Yeah. A lot of my clients from the beginning, they're they do get a better price than newer clients, but they, and the way I see it is they trusted me in the beginning. Right. They're still with me. They're mm-hmm. still, they're still there and they're awesome. And the relationship is solid. And, and um, it's pretty good. It's pretty sweet actually.
0: And they work for you. They yeah. know that like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to recruit these people over to sassy girl and get myself a, a nice little discount on the next round of services I need or whatever.
1: Yeah, Um, definitely. You know,
0: little things like, that's not necessarily a little thing, but interactions like that are really important to recognize, especially when you're starting your own business. I mean, times like, so like right now, uh, in the midst of the coronavirus chaos, how are you handling everything?
1: So, you know what, you've got to adjust. You have to adjust. And I actually have two different groups of clients. So I have um, those clients where I actually manage their accounts. And then I have clients who actually come to me for coaching and consulting as far as how they can do it themselves. And it's those clients who are actually feeling more of the pressure because Mm -hmm. they are small business and they're entrepreneurs. They are the restaurant owners. They are, um, I mean, even like multi-level marketing companies and and um, travel agents i've got travel agents who are working with me right now so they're the ones that are really feeling the heat and you really need to adjust and i've been trying to go live and and share information
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: some of the things that i've suggested is you know you've you've got to rethink it i have one client in fact that's doing an amazing job they have a restoration company They have totally shifted gears they are going live they're doing some of their like they sell the paints you can do um you can like redo your furniture and so they're doing these tutorials online they're doing curbside delivery they're like they're really doing a lot of cool stuff and that's what you need to do right now is kind of shift and I honestly, I think we're all going to be okay as long as we shift. And I, mm. I reshared something Gary Vee had posted, maybe three years ago. I don't know. What did Toys R Us close?
0: Oh, that sounds about right.
1: About three years ago, yeah. and he said, you know, when everything changed, they didn't really believe in the internet. They sold their toys on Amazon and directed people there, and they didn't adjust. and then they end up closing and i'm like it's really fitting for what's going on right now like things are changing we are fortunate that we have this digital landscape we have zoom to hold our meetings Mm -hmm. you have an event you don't have to cancel that event you can do it online and still teach it providing on what that event is you know but you can still do that and do it here or stream it on Facebook or stream it on LinkedIn if it's something that is appropriate to either platform, right? So there's a lot of things that you really can do. You just have to think a little bit differently of how you can get it out there and really solve whatever problem they have right now because they may not have had that problem before. And that's why people buy, isn't it? It's not... Mm -hmm. It's not—they're not buying your product because you have the best product out there. They're buying your right. product. It, it takes away their pain, or it—they get pleasure out of it, right?
0: Right. It's so a So let's result. sell the yeah. solution.
1: So, yep. so what's your solution now? Think differently. You can't—you know—you may not—you may have the best product, but now how can you solve everybody's problem of being on lockdown and being fearful? Right and not being able to leave so what you sell lotion this is prime we're washing our hands a million times right mm-hmm. that oh. lotion. Get it out there. <laughs> like think differently
0: right and so you know what's funny uh so here's a few local examples related to that so um the so where i live in bellevue in the north of, of pittsburgh here they're so hardware stores number one like hardware stores are critical in times like this and and they're doing really really well especially if I mean the big box stores are probably of course doing okay um, but it's the the little mom-and-pop hardware stores that you really want to support yeah. and here's why because they can act a bit more uh, uh, adapt they're more adaptive and more nimble so for example uh, in Bellevue there's TNM hardware and TNM it's a family owned business and they're really feeling the pressure of the lockdown. So one of the things that they're doing is um, they're working with local vendors to um, sell them. They essentially act as a supply chain. So uh, TNM gets the ingredients, sells them to the local soap store. These people that make, their own soaps right so now there's anti-back soap and you can buy that right there and there's an ample supply of it um they also are able to buy like different types of hand lotions to your point but they're local vendors and the local vendors are the ones that actually have the supply um they don't have to go uh put an order in with a corporate level Um, supplier. And they're just like, yeah, just drive a mile away and it's right there. So they're sourcing all of this local product. And because people don't want to drive and go to big box stores, they're walking right over to the hardware store and buying these things up. But also like toilet paper, paper towels, Uh, plumbing issues are a huge thing that are happening right now. I don't know what it's like for you, but in larger urban centers, like the, the strain on the plumbing system, right, is profound because everyone is home and using yeah. the toilets, right? So That's true. I didn't even right?
1: think of that.
0: Yeah. So there's a whole infrastructure go- problem going on as we're on lockdown. So problems beget more problems. Um, and like even the hardware store, like working with the local bakers. So the bakers have, you know, they're making bread. You can't get bread in the grocery stores. They've got eggs. You can So, like, they're all selling each other's products, uh, which awesome. is an amazing uh, ecosystem, if yes. you think about it. Um, absolutely.
1: I love that. I absolutely yeah. love that. And I think that's what we need to do right now as small business owners, right, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> is partner. Partner with each other. Things that you may not even think about that would go together, Right. right? there's a way to make them go together and i think that's such an awesome example of how your community is is really coming together and and doing this this is awesome
0: so where it applies to service providers like us that are providing marketing pr design like we're not exact you know the first thought is well we're not really useful in the apocalypse Um, you know, it's the end times, where are you going to market, but actually, um, we're incredibly useful here because yeah. we're essentially communicators. And so to give you a frame of reference, so again, in using what I know, my neighbor right next door, they're, they're having trouble with like putting food on their table. They're both self-employed. Um, so they're feeling a, a really huge financial pinch. And the high school, we both live right behind the high school. The high school is actually providing meals to kids 18 and under, regardless if you're enrolled in the school district or not. I knew about this and a good portion of the community already knew about it, but my neighbor did not. And that is a marketing problem. That is a communication challenge. How do we get those people? So in a time like this, we can be utilized to help promote that message. Um, and to do so in a very rapid and adaptive way. So fortunately we saw my neighbor and we were able to tell her and her husband and now they know, and that's great. But there's still a lot of people that don't understand that they have these resources available to them. Um, so Hey, business owners, if it's the apocalypse, you can use us. We're very, we're going to work with you because we want to live too. Um,
1: absolutely but
0: and with yeah go ahead
1: i was gonna say and and just to kind of piggyback on that yeah. um what i'm seeing right now and obviously i agree like we we have the ability to market and this is where you really want to market you know get your message out there and a lot of businesses have not been doing this because they didn't need to do this right. and now they need to do this because yep. now they don't have that foot traffic but on the flip I also have been getting emails from people and direct messages and because they have worked, they are in corporate jobs that they went in one day and the governor said you're shut down. And they've been on the fence about getting into entrepreneurship. They've had a Mm -hmm. business idea, they've had an idea. Now they're like, Well, I have this time at home. How how can I market it? Can I make it reality? How can I do it? So I think there's a lot of different levels it's the current business owners and it's also the the people that still have a job that mm-hmm. are thinking about maybe becoming a small business owner and taking advantage of this time to create something.
0: Yeah, put it together. This is the time to build it. And mm-hmm. you know, one thing I wanted to to compliment you on was with with your practice as I understand it you do, you serve a wide range, a, a huge spectrum of different types of businesses. It's not like your your market position is, I only work with restaurants. I mean, you seemingly work with everyone. So do. yeah, which is, which <laughs> is good because you can learn a, a lot about a lot of different things, which, which makes you more adaptive and, and marketable in certain industries. Um, and uh, but it also helps you develop a sense of system, so um, for example, like you can take my Bellevue reference and see Main Street America right and build a system that 's based on all right, well, the hardware store is going to be the supply chain for the baker, and the baker 's going to make bread and serve these things so like not just the the systemic perception of marketing and communications applies to the systemic sort of framework for businesses in general. So you have a really unique niche in that you can connect seemingly unrelated businesses together. So if you have like a construction company that is like really great at, you know, uh, fixing things quickly, you know, you could say like, all right, well, I'm going to get them to come over and patch up the sidewalk near this Baker because people are going there and it's a, it's a hazard. The government, the municipal government can not act quickly enough to fix it, but there's hundreds of people there. And so like maybe that's something they donate. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it creates goodwill across the board. Um, so yeah,
1: definitely. You, in, in, and it's kind of funny because so i'll order most of my clothes online okay because the shopping is not good in montana for women (laughs) it's not like it's not like at home on the east coast it's a little bit different so i'll order but when i i just ordered some clothes because i was supposed Mm -hmm. to be in europe as of today like yesterday we're supposed to leave oh were
0: were you going to italy
1: we were going to go fly into germany oh okay then um then to italy
0: wow okay yeah. yeah, so
1: that got canceled. I'm glad you're not going. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have a whole lot of a choice in the matter, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're here, but but I ordered something and in it came a coupon for a discount for a case of wine. Oh. And I'm like, brilliant, right? Women women's clothing, case of wine for a company mm-hmm. I've never heard of that's what that's what we need to do like that's what i'm talking about i'm like and i have to keep on i'm like i'm so going to order this case of wine especially Mm -hmm. because i'm not going to europe (laughs) right i I don't know if it's good or bad but i'm like okay i see the value i'm in the house this is a pretty decent discount i'll give it a shot Mm -hmm. i'll order a case and but i would have never thought about that if they had not if i had not bought this jacket a a denim jacket from
0: right uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because talking about adaptivity, adaptation, excuse me, uh, like my my friend Holly runs uh, a winery in 84 Pennsylvania. okay. And, you know, they can't have people go to the winery. And I don't know if you knew this, but liquor stores are closed in Pennsylvania. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, I think they might be close to closing in Ohio too, but as of now, they're completely shut down. Restaurants across the board are shutting down. Even takeout isn't even an option. And uh-huh. my friend Holly's like, you know what? We're going to round up all the employees. We're going to throw a case or two of bottled wine in their cars, and we're just going to make home deliveries. Um, so that's how they're sort of, you know,
1: I would so Indeed. deliver, or I would so order up a Holly. Right. Out here?
0: <laughs> she might, she might. I'll, I'll ask her if she'll deliver to Montana.
1: I think that's smart, <laughs> but that's what you have to do. You have to think outside the box, you know, and you've got to adjust.
0: Right. That's and, part of the hustle. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But people are going to want wine. If they're locked mm-hmm. in the house, <laughs> you know, they're going to, they're definitely going to want that. So I would Right. Say, with the yeah. kids all day. Home from school.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: it doesn't need yeah. wine right now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> a- everyone does. <laughs> if you don't drink wine, try some. It's great. Uh, yeah, I, I bought feel... <laughs> Corona
1: just to support Corona beer during this right. time because I feel terrible that people think that there's some sort of an association. <laughs> I'm like, no. I thought it was a joke. I thought like it was clickbait when I saw it. Right and i'm like oh my goodness this is really serious like people actually think that they have something to do with it
0: mhm so yeah and you know it's too late for them to rebrand because factories are shutting down like print suppliers like they can't just come up with the new brand identity for that beer and then sell it you know yeah. within a week like that's a month long process and yeah. you know like yeah so they're they've got a really big problem on their hands uh that you know, folks like you and I understand that we can cut through that nonsense, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but, uh, you know, others can't. And, and the cognitive dissonance is just staggering.
1: <laughs> it, it is. I, I'm, I'm still like, I'm like, I'll buy as much as I can. I'll do my share in supporting them.
0: <laughs> right. You know, and so... One of the things that I've been observing lately, especially right now with the, with the corona outbreak and everything that we're dealing with is how are marketers, marketing communication people, marketing or communicating the, the ideals of safety and then also the truth about what's happening because we're still in that we're in that fake news era, right? We're like, you you're having such a hard time cutting through it. So uh, this is obvious with people still going out to bars before they were shut down, and just spreading the disease and just being completely ignorant. Um, can you talk about like how, try as you may, your your marketing solutions are just not going to work for all people. Uh is there do you have a, a like a particular example of that where you feel like I nailed it this is great everyone's going to get it and then it either falls flat or it's a half measure
1: Um gosh that's a good question I can't think of I'm sure I do I'm sure <laughs>
0: See, I, you handled that poorly. <laughs> I set like, you up I have, to brag about yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I have no doubt. Oh, I've got plenty of those. But I'm trying to think of something where the message... Well, you know what? I will say I have... Um, and I don't even know if this is really the answer to your question. It just popped in my mind. But um, because I'm thinking coronavirus. Right. And I'm thinking messages that, that flopped and... Um, and this is kind of free. This really has nothing to do with coronavirus. Sure. <laughs> but I have this, I have a client who one of their product is travel insurance. And when I talk about it and when we're marketing it, it's like crickets. Mm-hmm.
0: It, it's, mm-hmm. it's,
1: it's no matter what I can, no, no matter what I do or have done in the past, um, it's just flat non-responsive right don't right. need it not a big deal doesn't pertain to me engagement down the tubes kind of content right. And, right you know this is something going into spring break that we we try to focus on because this is you know it's important right and so i'm taking that you know and i think right now the wounds are too open to talk about travel insurance <laughs> it would be like pouring salt in the woods oh, to mention it today yeah. but um of course this is something like okay it was flat then but i think this next time when i run that maybe going into christmas travel maybe, mm-hmm. if this is all done and over with i don't know how long we're going to be dealing with this give it a year uh, yeah so maybe by next spring break or whatever it looks like right you know the content i think will look a lot different i believe that it'll look a lot different and the response will be a lot different than it but yeah so and i don't know if that really answered your question i think no. i kind of went off track with well, it frankly
0: i don't know if there's an answer to it <laughs> i really don't the 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 tide shifts so frequently and yeah. at times so powerfully that like how do you wrap your head around it i mean things right now are changing hourly So, I mean, there's your best response at hour one is going to be your worst response at hour two. I think part of it is just like calling it a wash. It is what it is, you know, and pivoting. Right now what
1: I'm doing, because I'm in Montana, so we are, and of course my whole feed is Ohio news feed right? The right majority of it is ohio so i see what governor dewan is doing and i'm paying attention because it affects the majority of my friends and family so um what i'm realizing is that montana we're about four or five days behind everything that they're doing so when yeah. they closed the restaurants, i made a comment and i'm like you know the restaurants are going to close out here like they're going to follow suit and everyone's like no no they're not they're not going to close and then they close. Well now I saw that maybe an hour ago they closed the salons, the barbershop, the tattoo. So I called my eyebrow girl and I'm like I'm like listen, this is what happened in Ohio. I know you're not watching it, but this is the time to really try to get yeah. as many clients as you can because it may or may not come, but I believe it's coming because we're doing we're all doing everything. You it's know, coming from
0: the East Coast and the West Coast. It's going to meet in the center.
1: So, yeah. So, I'm like, pay attention to what's happening on the outside. And in Italy, like, I'm watching them, too. I have family there. So, I'm messaging my cousin before it really hit us, going, what's going on there? Like, I don't want to believe the news because I don't know if it's accurate, but what's going on there? So, then,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? It's almost like if you're in marketing, when something like this is happening and in this scenario, and um it's almost like you do have a, a crystal ball that tells you what's going to happen the next few days. Right. So if, and a lot of times with my clients and their marketing strategy, I already have it set up like what it's going to be. But when something like this happens, you've got to change it. You can't just keep doing what you planned March 1st. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've got to adjust to make it fit. So I, you, I'm using this crystal ball to look to see what's in Italy, to look what's happening right as we're coming through and adjusting ahead of the curve right. to, you know, to hopefully try to gain more business before things change.
0: And you know, that tactic alone having foresight as opposed to hindsight or being reactive as opposed to proactive, that's going to benefit you and your business much later on your, your eyebrow girl, right? She's going to appreciate your foresight. And, um, you know, maybe you cultivated a, a client out of it just by being kind. Um, and, and that's, that's going to go a long way. So, um, I, I just have a few more questions for you and then, and then we'll kind of wrap it up and then you and I will plan for round two sometime in like the next month or so, cause this Perfect. has been a lot of fun. Um, A lot of the the students that I'm teaching this semester in design and in marketing, they're getting ready to graduate. Um, Obviously, their um, employment sort of uh, situation is questionable. Their prospects, who knows what's gonna happen. Um, They have every right to be concerned. But one thing I want to encourage them to think about is if corporations aren't hiring them because of the economy, because of the state of things, they have the capability to become entrepreneurs like you and I. Um, What are your recommendations for these soon-to-be graduates that um, may be uh, a bit, bit more forced into creating their own company? Where would you start? What are your recommendations, advice?
1: So, if if taking that route as far as opening, starting becoming an entrepreneur, is what they choose they want to pursue or they're forced into it, like you said, the lowest hanging fruit, right? Start with your sphere. Um, and you've got to bring a lot of value. So, bring value. Oh, I hear your little one in the background. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bring value. Like, share what you know. And help people and you know be open definitely be open and be coachable because there's somebody get a mentor work with someone who will help mentor you that's so important because um you don't know everything you you may think that you know everything but you don't know everything and i've had interns work with me and they think because they grew up um with an ipad in their hand that they have all the answers but it's the strategy that is different it's not just Mm -hmm. posting so just be open to the coaching um and listen i mean give feedback you know give give your opinion too and and come up with things challenge your mentor be and and hear what they have to say in response but definitely get a mentor um bring value to people and you know just don't be afraid, have that positive right. mindset, just do it. If, if here's the thing, if, if it's something you want to do, nothing at all is going to stop you. If it's something you really don't have your heart in, you will find a million excuses and a million mm-hmm. reasons to stop because anything, everything is hard, right? Entrepreneurship is not for the faint at heart at all. I say that all the time. It You get kicked in the teeth a lot. So you've got to get up, you can't, um, If you're someone who gets kicked once and you stay down, then this probably isn't. (laughs) It's probably not. So just do it. I mean, just push
0: forward, push forward. Um, Great advice. I love the aspect of getting a mentor. I think that is absolutely critical. I did not have much of a mentor um, with my first business and that delayed my progress significantly. Um, You know, uh, you're also with your business model you're kind of doing it right. Like you're solo. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, one of the things that I decided to do was surround myself with incredibly talented people that mm. I also had to pay. And while I don't regret that I did that, I was 25 wow. and I'm responsible for sales and payroll. Right. And, like, that's one of the reasons why I have so much white hair that you guys can't see. Um, you know, the, those formative years, definitely stay solo. Take on what you can. Oh, yeah. Don't be afraid to say no. Yes. Uh, y- yeah, you're chasing capital. And, you know, you want to be able to provide for yourself and grow your company simultaneously. But part of that growth also means saying no to some things, and Absolutely. you and I like those for, those first that first year. Like you felt you might have felt terrible saying no. Like I can't believe I just passed on that.
1: Well, I couldn't. I I didn't right. feel like I could afford it. I mean, I was a single mom. I I was the only income I had. So, and I had a house and I had a car and I had two little boys. Yeah, so, that's true. So it was scary to say no, financially scary. Um but yeah it's so important because when you say yes to someone who should have been a no then you can't say yes to someone who who, you're not giving that other person an opportunity right right to to approach you're you blocking somebody out and when that i realized that that by me taking on something that wasn't so great i'm blocking a better opportunity then i kind of shifted and got a little bit more selective and it does come it will come if you do Mm -hmm. good work and you always if you're fair do what's right. Business
0: is going to come. Absolutely. Well, I would say that's as good of a note to end on as any. Um, thank you for, for chatting with me and, um, I hope to do this again, uh, Deanna, the sequel, hopefully we can do this again and, you know, uh, soon, like maybe a month or two, uh, but certainly before the next disease outbreak. (laughs)
1: <laughs> i think that sounds fair
0: i think that i think that is a doable sort of goal yeah yeah um, oh, thank you so Arden. if uh if i have students that have questions or want to learn more about your business how can they contact you what's your website social media
1: so my website is sassygirlentrepreneur.com you can email me at hello at sassygirlentrepreneur.com and you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, all at, at Sassy Girl Entrepreneur. But Twitter is Deanna Hins, so, which is my personal. So, But I still talk business mostly on there. Every once in a while, I'll retweet my voice. So if you're into sports, yep. <laughs> you'll get some of that too. So <laughs>
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you very much. Uh, stay yeah. safe and have a good... Uh, Good afternoon uh, for you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Thank
0: you. Take care.